History is littered with examples of, as the poet said, man's inhumanity to man. From slavery in the South to the atrocities of Auschwitz, acts of evil have claimed millions of lives. But the single greatest violation of human rights might be in our own backyard, the most insidious act of evil, abortion. Thankfully, in the face of this great and egregious sin, God is raising up many men and women, young people in fact, who are fighting to end this scourge on our world. Like many before them, this groundswell of passionate, dedicated, and influential young people are absolutely committed to ending abortion in America. You'll hear from them today on this Life Issues radio special. We will be their voice, the new pro-life generation. Your host is the president of Life Issues Institute, Brad Mattis. America's youth are often more pro-life than their parents and will be instrumental to ending abortion. They are tech-savvy, articulate, and passionate advocates for unborn babies and their mothers. We're enticingly close to ending abortion in America, and our nation's youth will help us win. Stay tuned to hear more of We Will Be Their Voice, the new pro-life generation, a Life Issues radio special. I interviewed Lila Rose for our weekly TV program back when she had just arrived on the pro-life scene. Today, she's a leading voice of a young pro-life group called Live Action, which has helped put the pro-life movement on a higher level of effectiveness in ending abortion. She and her husband recently found out that number two child is on the way. I am a wife and a mom. I am a Californian, and I'm also the president and founder of Live Action, and we are a global human rights um, nonprofit focused on ending abortion and building a culture of life. So tell me, Lila, how did you get involved in pro-life work? I got involved in the pro-life movement when I was a very young girl. My parents, they had eight kids, so I was already pro-life just by being from a big family. But I started volunteering at my local pregnancy center with my grandmother when I was just seven or eight years old. And then when I really found out what abortion was, because it, it was more just I'm helping moms, helping babies, but when I really found out what abortion was, and I found this book which had an image of a child that had been killed by abortion in it, I was just deeply moved because I was looking at this tiny human being with this beautiful, you could see arms and legs and a face. This was a true human that had been slaughtered by an abortion, a first trimester abortion. And I thought, how can we be accepting the killing of our most vulnerable of children in the womb? And what does this do to mothers? What does this do to families? And so it inspired me to try to learn more, to try to find out a way that I could get more deeply involved. And long story short, after a few years of research and doing a little more volunteer work at the pregnancy center, I realized that there was no youth education organization in my community, nowhere in the San Jose Bay Area in Northern California. And so I thought, okay, I guess I have to start something. And that inspired me to get together with some friends in my parents' living room and to start live action just as an education organization to help reach other young people, particularly in schools and churches, but churches where we could get access and show them the facts about abortion, about fetal development, human dignity, as well as the risks and harm to women, because we believe that if people just knew what was happening, many people would change their mind, and that's what we began to see. Sophie Wyke is actively involved in a pro-life group on campus and plans to be an elementary school teacher after graduating from the University of Missouri, Kansas City.
She has a unique family situation that inspired her pro-life work. Sophie is also involved with the wall movement that works to get churches involved in adoption. Sophie, what moved you to become an advocate for unborn babies and their moms? I think just kind of looking at my own story. Um, so I'm adopted from China. I was adopted when I was three years old. And just seeing that, you know, my biological mother did choose life. She did choose to have her pregnancy and carry that out when she could have, you know, been the alternative. And I wouldn't be sitting here today talking to you about it. So um, I think just really having that personal experience um, drew me to advocating for life and protecting these unborn babies. Your family structure is very compatible with a pro-life ethic, isn't it? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I am the third oldest of 11. We are all adopted from different parts of China. Uh, yeah, just growing up in a family where, you know, we're bringing in um, a bunch of siblings that come from a bunch of different circumstances um, who have been through um, either the foster care system or just have dealt with, you know, different types of trauma. Um, has really emphasized and magnituded the importance of adoption and how that is an option for these children. Tell me about the wall movement. Yeah, um, so the wall movement is a non-profit organization. It's inspired by Nehemiah's call to Israel and rebuilding the wall around Jerusalem. Um, and so if you remember in that story, families were rebuilding the wall with a stone in one hand and a weapon in the other. Similarly, we're asking for families to stand ready with two hands, one to intercede for the ending of abortion and the other to say yes to God's heart through adoption. And so, um, yeah, we're just inviting the churches of America um, to be the solution um, to the abortion crisis um, through prayer and adoption. It's on Satan's turf where pro-abortion philosophy prevails, so young pro-life ambassadors are critically important because they're taking effective messaging onto campuses where there's young women at risk for an abortion. No one else can match their measure of success. One of these ambassadors is Sarah Zar. Sarah's a passionate pro-life advocate who has worked with young college-age girls and started a pro-life club at her university. Sarah, what's been the most memorable milestone in your pro-life activity thus far? So I've been grateful to witness two baby saves that I've got to help. And that is definitely the main thing that has been a huge milestone and really spurred me on. The first was right after I started my pro-life group in college, one of my best friends came to me. We were in the color guard in the marching band together and she called me really late one night and she had known I was starting the pro-life group and so I'm thinking that's why she called me um, because she knew she could come to me and that I would have solutions. So <clears throat> she called me and she told me that she was pregnant and she didn't know who the father was and she didn't know what she wanted to do. She was just really scared and I knew she was very abortion vulnerable because she had had a previous abortion. And so we just, you know, talked a lot that night on the phone. And I said, hey, let's let's go meet for coffee tomorrow and talk more about this. So we did that. We met. And the biggest thing was just listening to her and being her friends. And then after that coffee meetup, I said, hey, could we make an appointment right now to go to our pregnancy resource center? They'll just do an ultrasound. They'll talk to you about your options. And if you want me to, you know, I'll take you. So she agreed to that. 
and we went to the pregnancy center and she got an ultrasound and heard the baby's heartbeat and from that moment she started crying and she's like I know I can't abort I have to have this baby I know I can never do that so she had her baby and I helped her from there get into nursing school and complete her nursing degree and last year she graduated my now goddaughter Aubrey, she's four years old. She did the pinning ceremony at her nursing graduation. Not all stories in the pro-life movement describe such beautiful and wonderful moments of success. Many of our efforts are met with hostility and anger. Lila Rose, founder of Live Action, describes some of the pushback she's received advocating for the pro-life movement. Anytime you're going to take a stand against a great evil of the day, and I believe abortion is the greatest evil of our day. It's the greatest human rights abuse because it removes the most fundamental human right life. It strips the the weakest member of society of their most fundamental right, which is to be alive, to not be killed. And you're going to get pushback. And over the years, you know, I've had my share. I, I, I think all of us in the public movement have, whether it's friends that don't want to be a friend anymore or trolls attacking you on the Internet or even death threats or any number of attacks. But what has been, I think, the secret for me to peace and joy despite any sort of attacks is number one, conviction. When your heart is broken for the people in need, those children, those women who are living with that trauma now and were lied to so terribly by our society and media, when your heart is broken for the people that are in need, that really gives you this courage you didn't know you even had to stand up and advocate for them. And then another secret has been having heroes myself, people that I admire. They can even be people in history books or people that are, you know, Christians and centuries past or whomever, people that stood up and even if they felt afraid, they still continue to speak, they still continue to love. And when I look at my heroes, when I look at the people closest to me who are close friends and family that support me, that gives me the courage in the end, despite the negative feelings or doubts that may come. So if anyone listening you know, is wondering, well, how do I do this? It's so controversial. I would say, first of all, let your heart break. You know, let your heart break for what is happening, for the for the sheer loss of the of the problem. The, these children being killed and their families being wounded. And then look at your heroes, find heroes to inspire you and keep them in your heart because that will really be fuel for your journey. And then ultimately for me, it's my faith. You know, I believe that God um, God has a plan for me and every person and he gives me all the strength I need for the day and he will give it for you. So I can't talk about the negative attacks without talking about what is what gives me the strength to overcome whatever I might face. Ella Witt is the National Student Coordinator with Susan B. Anthony List. Her role is to help coordinate a workforce to visit people at their doors and talk about abortion. Ella has very good advice when recipients react adversely to a pro-life message. Uh, people are, are, are generally pretty friendly, but sometimes they really aren't, unfortunately. And I always see that as they're, they're upset with, you know, not me. As a person, I know that it's not personally, you know, directed at me or anybody that's that's door knocking and talking about being pro-life and the importance of it. They've been affected in some way, and we get people that scream horrible things at us that I can't say here. Horrible, horrible things, and, you know, people call the police on us. Um, they'll yell at us. But it's always, you know, it's, it's rooted in hurt. 
they've been hurt in some way and we don't see that and we don't we don't take it personally sometimes it is really upsetting and it's you'll have somebody screaming at you and they're so angry and catches you off guard that's happened to me quite a few times you know we don't we don't know their situation and in the the few times that i've got to dig into their anger and really talk to them they've been affected by abortion in some way whether it's you know their their sister or their spouse their partner had an abortion there's always some type of hurt there Rebecca Jackson follows the biblical principle of acting toward others with love, which she believes is the key to touching hearts and minds. She's a freshman at Pepperdine University and began her interest in the pro-life movement in high school. Rebecca, what have you learned about being a pro-life activist? I think what I've learned most about being a pro-life activist is um, that you should be loving because it's kind of a shock to people which is sad to think because um, you would think that that's where the side of love would be is pro-life but oftentimes people have you know one or two bad experiences that turns them against you know our whole movement so i think a big thing about being uh, a pro-life you know activist is just being love and that you know not even having these conversations just day to day and being a loving person i think that's honestly the biggest thing and that's that's what has a lot of influence as well so something i've learned is just just to continue to be loving and to remember that everyone here is made in god's image and everyone here is really trying their best um, i think there's very few people that just want to watch the world burn <laughs> i'm sure there's a few but not everyone not most people um, and just remembering that and really connecting heart to heart and getting to explain where we're at and being loving to people no matter of like what their beliefs are. Um, so I think being a pro-life activist also means being a pro-love activist and loving people well and loving them intentionally. The message of the pro-life movement is one of truth wrapped in love. It conveys the reality of the greatest tragedy of our age and the certainty of pain and trauma often caused by abortion. Lila Rose describes how mothers who have had an abortion often respond to the pro-life message. I don't know that I've done a speaking event for a group of more than like 100 people where there hasn't been a woman that's come up to me afterwards and talked to me. This has happened in, I would say, at least 90% of them anyways, and they've shared that they had an abortion and how devastating it was for them, but how grateful that people are speaking out against it now, because if they had had more people speaking out when they were considering abortion, maybe they wouldn't have had that abortion. And that's really um, struck me because I think sometimes we feel like, oh, is, you know, is our work making an impact? We're trying, we're trying, but there's so many people that may be listening who may be in an abortion decision or are going to make one in the future and your words, your, your witness, you know, what you are willing to share might be the deciding factor for them to choose life. And a whole life has changed that way. A whole trajectory is completely changed forever. This is We Will Be Their Voice, the new pro-life generation, a Life Issues radio special with your host, Brad Mattis. The pro-life movement is about more than ending the killing of innocent babies and caring for pregnant mothers. It has more to offer than what we are fighting against. It is also about what we are fighting for. Lila describes how being a mother and wife impacts her work for the pro-life movement. So being a mom and getting married has absolutely impacted my work. Um, it's given me a deeper understanding of what I'm fighting for. So 
in the pro-life movement, and I know for you know for me, of course, fighting against abortion is a huge part of it. We want to stop this violence um, and protect these children and, and these families, these mothers. But it's also what we're fighting for. You know, we are fighting for flourishing. We want families to be strong. We want children to be loved and to be have all their needs met. We want mothers and fathers to feel supported and have good opportunities in their communities and to be able to bounce back after challenges and mistakes. We want strong families, communities, and a strong nation. And so having my own family and getting to um, walk the path of now being a mom and the privilege of raising my son and this beautiful life that's been entrusted to me, it gives me it gives me that much more inspiration to fight, um, to stand up for children and moms and to say motherhood is good. Don't be afraid. You know, there's, it can be hard. And I know that I'm especially blessed because I have a husband, I have a, a family that, um, that is supporting me around me, but no matter what position you're in, there are people that want to help you. And, and the public movement is dedicated to finding those people to, to make sure you have the support you need. So it gives me that much more inspiration to fight for those women and those moms. Dante Bucci is a junior studying computer science and engineering at the University of Illinois. He's active in a pro-life group called We Dignify, dedicated to sharing a comprehensive pro-life educational message, the foundation on which political and legislative victories are built. Dante, what have you learned most about being a pro-life activist? What I've learned most is that a conversation is very powerful. We Dignify has somewhat of a slogan one thing that we prioritize in our group is dialogue with dignity. And basically what that means is essentially, you know, when you talk with people about this, you have to understand that with abortion comes a lot of pain, especially for victims of abortion. So as, you know, we discuss these things, we have to do so gently and with kindness and with love. Because, I mean, we do have the truth on our side, but that's not always enough. And if it's delivered in the wrong way, it can turn people away from the movement and it can turn people away from being pro-life. So it's really about introducing the truth in a way that is loving, in a way that is kind, in a way that is especially empathetic, you know, where we meet people where they're at and then we discuss with them the issues and most importantly, we bring them up with us. So I think that the thing that I've learned the most is just how important that aspect is, where it's not enough to just, you know, I mean, for either side, just shout each other down and say, well, we're right, well, we're right, look at this fact, look at this fact. You know, you really have to meet people where they're at and make it personal because this is, you know, this is people we're dealing with. Um, and the way that we change the culture is we change hearts and actions do change hearts. One of the ways that we can do that is by approaching people with empathy and with kindness, meeting them where they're at and helping them understand why our movement is one of love, one of love, joy, and hope, as we like to say, we dignify. Pro-life activism begins at an early age. Patrick Gross is only 12 years old, but he's a young man on a mission when it comes to advocating for unborn babies. There's really like, there's no excuse. It is true murder because the baby has not, they haven't done anything. They just came into being and there's like you killing them. There's no excuse for that. It's just straight up murder. I mean, there's so many ways that you can have the baby. And it's really sad that the doctors sometimes tell them false stuff and then they believe the doctors and then they abort the baby and the baby doesn't get a chance to live. And the baby, you don't know what the baby could have done. They could have done amazing things in this world. And it's really sad that they're aborted just because they have a disablement or whatever the case is. Sarah, do you think we'll win the battle over abortion? 
I do, yeah. Even just seeing those wins, seeing those students rise up as pro-life leaders, seeing babies being saved, I know that in the end, life is going to win and it's going to be in our lifetime. We're so close. Uh, even seeing the Supreme Court get more and more judges who value human life and want to protect life and law, that makes our goal to make abortion illegal and unthinkable so close. And I really think that we're going to end abortion. Rebecca Jackson. I really do think that we're making strides and I think that this conversation is really kind of poking its head back up. Um, And I think that's becoming more popular as people um, speak more about it. Um, So I I don't think it's gonna become illegal anytime, you know, super soon, but I definitely think that we're making strides towards it. um, And, you know, eventually that we will win. Ella Witt. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, With the momentum that I, you know, I feel within myself and seeing so many of my peers and see in the people that we work with, yeah, we are, we are going to win. there's, there's so much momentum um, and so many people thank us for what we're doing. Uh, and there's just, there's so much hope with it that I, I can't see how we could, there's, there's no way we could lose. It's just a matter of time. <laughs> Dante Bucci. I think we will. I think that the trajectory of the country is a good one. Um, I mean, as you said yourself, there's a lot of young people getting into this and our generation is full of a lot of people who hold these beliefs. Um, and we're, you know, a generation that's also very strong in activism for these kind of things. So as time goes on and as people in our generation move into positions of power and more influence and things like that, I think we could see a shift in the culture. Additionally, there's been some hope in legislation you know, and in the Supreme Court that Roe v. Wade may be overturned. We actually have had lawyers come and talk to us uh, at We Dignify who have explained that the law can actually shift the culture itself. So, you know, if we do see action to overturn Roe v. Wade, um, and especially if it passes, we could see a shift in the culture, you know, even stemming from that, which would bring us even closer to that end goal. There's no question these young pro-lifers have added a measure of energy and enthusiasm. Lila, what would you say to your peers about involvement in the pro-life movement? I would say be hopeful and I would say own it. We are part of the most important and the greatest human rights movement that I think our nation and our world has ever seen. The sheer death toll of abortion, there's been no other death toll as great in human history. And there is no more important cause than restoring the protection of all human life from the very moment of his or her beginning. And I would also say, um, do not let the negativity and the criticism get you down because um, we are, we are, we may be only steps closer to the turning point, to that, that breaking moment when more and more people will wake up. But if we're not willing to speak, if we let something discourage us, you know, we are, we, 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 we stop when we're so close to the turning point. So be encouraged, um, fill your mind with the good, the true, the beautiful, um, you know, again, go for, go for family, go for community. And like, that's ultimately the future and we can do this. You know, every human rights cause, every social justice cause, it seems so impossible at the time. People, I mean, think about slavery. People like were like, it's such an enshrined institution. I mean, the economy is dependent on it. Even the Christians were supporting it. It was like, how would we ever change this? So God works in mysterious ways and we just count on our fidelity. 
So be faithful and be hopeful. And we, I believe, will see victory, maybe not in the way we imagine, but God ultimately is in charge. And let's trust Him and keep moving forward. Pro-life youth aren't the future of the movement, they're the here and now, and together we'll cross the finish line. We're closer than ever to ending abortion in America, and it's never too late to join the movement. We can do this. When you visit lifeissues.org, you'll find helpful resources to assist youth in your community, connecting with the organizations and materials that are making a real difference in the pro-life movement. You'll also find information on other informative programs. Again, visit lifeissues.org for these great resources. Thanks again for listening to We Will Be Their Voice, the new pro-life generation. A radio special from Life Issues Institute, where we help you stay informed, more informed than you've ever been.